Welcome in, guys, to this edition of Brews on the Balcony. Special edition, Nick, as we have a guest back, back in, in studio. studio. First return guest. Look at that. Hannah Yates from 590 The Fan joins us as uh, she was in Boston for the Boss. funny games that was Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Hannah, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Tell me about uh, your first, I guess, reaction to seeing the Blues hoist the cup to seeing that clock hit zeros and uh, what your emotions were like. It's hard to even look back and try to remember everything that was going through your mind or what was actually happening. I was trying to get it on camera. I'm trying to just take everything in. Um, I I definitely had some tears in my eyes. It was so emotional. I remember looking over to my right, and I was still up in the press box because most of us stayed up there. You couldn't go onto the ice until after that ceremony was over, so we kind of wanted to look and just watch it from the top and, and see all the fans in the stands going wild about it and I look over and I see Darren Pang and Bernie Federko hugging and there's tears and it was just the most special thing that you could have seen in that moment. That is just such a, a cool thing to be there. I mean it's it's hard though because you're a fan you're yeah, a media member. Media, you try to. You kind of have to do a, a, a happy medium, you know. Can well, I get super well, excited? Do I have to be they, super professional? They say, they say as a media member to not cheer in the press box. Like this is, I think this one's a you yeah. know, an exception. That the, was the, the first one thrown out the window. Right, right, right. The first and one. that's what most of the season. I mean, you sit in silence and there's no right. cheering, but you really can't help hide your emotion. I think most of the media members in St. Louis were born and raised in St. Louis. Yeah, there's yeah. a solid amount, so there's so much hometown pride that's going on at the same time. <laughs> That is just such a cool feeling, like I said, just to be there and be part of it. And then you get to go on the ice and actually interview some of these players. I mean, the emotions we saw it on NBC and we saw it on Twitter and Facebook. But from your eyes, yourself, maybe the things that the cameras didn't catch, talk to me about the emotions that some of those players were showing. It was unbelievable. There is no filter whatsoever. And I'm sure you guys saw that on television. Oh, yeah. 12 F bombs dropping in there. Love to see it. There was no filter, but emotionally, there was no filter. And I think most of the time in post game interviews, you see guys trying to be composed and you'll see a bit of emotion here and there. But this was just a free for all. You had all of the families, wives, children out there, a lot of parents that flew in. Most of the players had eight to 10 people there in attendance. So it was really special to have everyone kind of together. I mean, it was smiling ear to ear. And you see these guys who you never really hear from in the media that are a bit more quiet, like a Jay Bo Meester and Alexander Steen, just going absolutely nuts. Oh, uh, screaming, just so, so much excitement. It was really, really special. To see. Yeah, I think it's the first time we've seen Bennington smile like the entire, the entire oh, series. My God, yeah. And now, now they come, they bring the cup back here to St. Louis. I mean, the crowd that was out there at Lambert at 4 a.m. to greet the Blues was wild. TJ, we talked about it a little bit on the show about just the massive amounts of people that were downtown and everybody was was calm like nobody's flipping over cars nobody was starting any fires or anything yeah, it was no chicago or not toronto vancouver no, chicago, no Va- vancouver no burning down the city which i thought was going to happen and they take the cup to ob clark's and like you see just like videos of bennington and, and pareco i mean just hammered out there with the cup and like those are guys like you said those, those are like quiet guy quieter guys on the team kind of reserved and they're just smashed, like lifting Dude, the cup, having a good time. Did you see Bennington? I mean, the cops put the cuffs on him. He yeah. said he stole the cup. He played yes. along with that. He started chugging a beer in the middle of the crowd. Like yeah. it's just like I think we were waiting for him to win and then see like, okay, is Bennington like this yeah. into himself where he's not going to celebrate? He's not a serial. Or killer. Or we going to see the real Jordan like, Bennington? Hey, like, just, walk, just just no reaction after oh, the cup. Like, they, if you've seen the GIF from above, there's some guy on Twitter. GIF, 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 GIF. I don't know. 
Jif, yep. either one. And uh, after every win, Bennington just like you know skates off the ice, and then finally after <laughs> win the cup, he throws his stick in the air, and then they just go wild. Oh, so man. it was cool to see that. Hannah, you said you were in the press box, mm-hmm. and you're on the Boston side of the press box. It was an interesting setup, right? So the way that it's set up at TD Garden is the entire upper level is used for press seating. So they cleared out a lot of the suites. There's, I mean, it, it's the entire round. And in Scott Trade and Enterprise Center, the way that they've had it set up over all of the years, even when it was Scott Trade, was that there's two different levels of press seating. So there's only one level. Everyone's super tight at TD Garden. Um, and I was on the Boston side, and there is some X people and then myself. And they kind of had it set up to where there's like a food area and that they had a bunch of candy and stuff out. And so that was the separator. And all the St. Louis media were on the right side of that around the a certain side and then we were on the left and so I'm sitting there and it's you know kind of an uncomfortable situation when you kind of want to show some emotion right. I can't I'm used to not showing emotion in the press box but there's a little get up where I'm like ah you know, this is, oh, <laughs> done. there's, there's go one you know they took the lead it's exciting and I got up and took a lap and went and talked to all of the other reporters on the St. Louis side during the first intermission I come back and all of my belongings are all over the ground oh my god and what? I was like <laughs> I say, you know, this is this is interesting. And one of my co-hosts, Dave Rapp, was walking with me and he stood behind me and he's like, did you knock over your pen, all of your papers, your battery box, your headphones and your book bag when you got up? I was like, you know, I'm clumsy, but I don't think I'm that yeah, clumsy. I'm super excited, but I didn't yeah. just like take up all my stuff off the desk like. Man, Boston media is salty. You got some dog shit Boston reporters and they, out and there. And most of the people next to me were nice to me. I have no idea who they were or which affiliation they were with, but I figured that couldn't be a coincidence. Oh TJ my will God. have to do an investigation. We're going to go up there to Boston, and oh. we're going to put some fingers in some chests. Well, Nick, you just hate to see it. You hate you know? to see it. I'm going to go into their Boston office and just wipe all their shit all over their floor. I mean, poor Boston media and fans. They haven't covered a championship in, what, oh, four God. months? I mean, they just are the most – I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for them to be a fan base. You know? oh. They never, they'd never get a championship to celebrate so it's got to be hard on them it's been a couple of years it's been been a little bit a little bit for their their cup it's been like like six months since the since the patriots won i I mean so like they've they've literally had a championship every year it seems like for the past like decade and if not one like two or three sports so i mean and it breaks the curse for st louis right like we had lost to the red sox twice uh obviously losing to the patriots and and uh and spygate and so it's finally good to get one back against Boston. And seeing Brad Marchand crying is, I mean, that's, I love well, that. Well, he still blames stuff. He said, oh, they stole it from us. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's fine. You can cry all you want now. We won the cup. It doesn't bother me anymore. So. And you saw the Boston, the Boston media talking about the locker room, said it's the most depressed locker room they've ever seen. And I'm like, that just brings, Fantastic. brings a smile brings to, joy to my, my face. To my face. <laughs> yep. So, Hannah, what, what do you think overall for the series, how they played? Obviously, they won the Cup, but, I mean, your takeaways from both Game 6 and 7, obviously they had that Game 6 where they just kind of get their ass beat, and then they go into Game 7, and Bennington literally plays out of his mind. What, what Talk about a little about their performance. That's what's been the theme throughout the entire playoffs and the postseason, is it not? With the Blues yeah. having some unfortunate game happen or a situation happen that makes them mad, and then they come out and play fire in the next game. And I think that's exactly what happened. They knew they dropped the ball. They were really determined to take Game 7. It was kind of weird because heading into Game 7, all of the media are together saying, you know, who do you guys think is really going to win this? Should we make some predictions? And we're trying to figure out. It was pretty split because when you're coming off a of Game 6 like that, you don't really know how the team's going to come out yeah but you can kind of feel the vibes with this team something that Craig Burby has said 
every morning skate when he talks, he says, I can sense the vibe. If this team's really happy and excited and they're channeling their emotion, usually we've been losing. Yeah. But if they come out and they're mad and they don't want to talk a lot and I can feel that in the locker room, they win those games. And I felt like that was the exact vibe that we got that morning. So I kind of had a good feeling about that. Um, But I think overall this team, they play with heart. They play with skill. I don't think they have as many big top names the way that Boston and some of the big city teams do in those types of markets. But I think that's what's so special about this team winning the cup. Of course, you have a Vladimir Tarasenko and a Ryan O'Reilly, but Ryan O'Reilly hasn't won a cup. You know, there are seven players on Boston's team who have made it to a Stanley Cup final already. And there was only one, and that was a David Perron for the Mm -hmm. St. Louis Blues. So I think there's a difference there, and I think they were great. See, like with me with Game 7, I said this pregame, and I said you you throw out the past stats, you throw out what Bennington does after a loss, you throw out what Rask does after a win – it doesn't matter. You play one hockey game to win. You know, there's all these people, and I know it's their job. They got to break it down. They got to say this is the stats and the trends, but it's one hockey game. Go out and win one hockey game. What happened in the first period? We got outshot. We got outhit. Oh, they outskated us. Petrangelo so scores a late much. goal. We go up two nothing. And I said, I it's in our my intermission thing. I go, you know what? We're up two nothing in a hockey game that we need to win one game. It doesn't matter what the stats say. We're up two nothing on the scoreboard. So yeah, they and had, that's what they did. They had four. Shots on goal and two scoring opportunities and two goals. And, and then Boston has nine shots on goal and no goals. So it's like, I mean, that, that, that's how it can go. A one bounce. Right. Boston could play the best game of their lives, and one bounce goes Blues way, and they, they right. could win one What were your thoughts on Bennington not getting uh, MVP? I thought it was because, you know, he got pulled one game, Big mm-hmm. Allen came in. Uh, he had given up a decent amount of goals in a couple games, and O'Reilly was just on fire. And, and a lot of people are saying, why isn't Bennington – you know the MVP, and to me, I was telling them it's not—it's not just the entire playoffs. It was the entire playoffs. He would easily have got it. It's mm-hmm. the finals MVP. And I think O'Reilly kind of was the star in the finals. Right. I, I completely agree with that. And I think most people thought that Ryan O'Reilly was going to get that. I think people question it just because your goaltender is what pulls you through series and makes it to the end. But Ryan O'Reilly has pulled this team from day one and through the finals. He had 23 points during the postseason, which beat the Blues franchise yeah. record and then tied the overall NHL record. So obviously that's a huge, huge accomplishment for him. I think definitely what you mentioned with Jordan Bennington being pulled in a couple of different things. Ryan O'Reilly was absent from the scoreboard and goals and assists in some games but of course he made up with it in other ways and and he made up and ended up being really great on the face-off dot too. I mean when the players look like me that's of course (laughs) that's why that's why couldn't go one show without Nick mentioning looks like an NHL hockey player. That's why they're the MVP (laughs) I mean I'm going to go out on Saturday night probably you know. Are you going to tell people you're Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah. We talked about doing a video with that. I'm going to figure out what he's wearing and then wear the exact same thing. Creepy, like, and, then, and then wait. Seriously, you might get arrested. Wait till, <laughs> like, I mean, really wait, might. wait till you know, like two or three a.m. Then go to the bars when people are nice and drunk and try to get some free drinks. So that's <laughs> that's my that's my goal. But oh we'll try God. that. So Hannah, looking real quick, looking forward to next season. Obviously, right. we have the parade on Saturday. People are excited. Right. People are gonna party for the next three months. But next season, what is this team looking like? I don't know. I'm, you're more familiar than we are about the, the, the contract situation. They have Petrangelo for another year. Mm-hmm. They have, obviously, Tarasenko and O'Reilly. Uh, who's, on the, who's on the one-year deals? Pat Maroon. So, Pat, Pat Maroon was, and obviously we're not really sure what's going to yeah. happen with that situation. Really? You think it's he'll like come back? Being- I don't know. You know, to be honest with you, obviously when he wasn't 
um, pulling as much weight as he had hoped during the regular season. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, there's no way that he would be coming back. And and you really look at this situation. I'm not sure. I think, of course, he wants to be with his son. But I think it is going to come down to money, and they're going to have to look at these situations. Obviously, this season will help them a lot. Right. And he was great during the postseason. Um, but I'm not really sure, to be honest <laughs> with you. And you'll have a Petrangelo deal coming up, like you mentioned. You're going to have a Jaden Schwartz deal coming up, like you mentioned. Oh. Braden Shen's not too yeah. off, far off in the future, and neither is Joel Edmondson. Wow. So you're going to have a lot there. And a of lot course, of decisions to be made. Jordan Bennington. There has to be some decisions made Blank on him check. as well. Hey, yeah, Write yeah, yeah, down yeah, your number, Jordan. Whatever you want. Here you go. Yeah. You can have it. We got we got Jordan Bennington. We have a nice a nice uh, thing with our Blues goalies over there. And then I added Jordan Bennington and duct tape on the top. <laughs> it was and, really crafty. Uh, I did that right. I did that like, I don't know what series that was in. I think that was in the Winnipeg like before, I think that was before the playoffs, actually. No, it was like right in the Winnipeg, Winnipeg oh, or the Dallas series. I did that. I think it was right before the Dallas series. Yeah. And now, of course, he's the franchise. Now he's goalie etched in history yeah, and etched in history Hannah what are your thoughts on Jordan Bennington you know I have the theory and I hope I'm wrong but it this guy is, is going to be loved in St. Louis forever no matter what he does if he gives up eight goals a game the rest of his career it doesn't matter I called him possibly the David Freeze of hockey like can yeah. he do this I mean he was just like on another level during the playoffs mm-hmm. he was just unstoppable is he really that good you think like can he rebound and have the same type of year or do you think it was like a one and done, but hey, we got the cup, so who cares? I don't know how a season like that could just be a fluke. Yeah, you I know? agree. And, and everyone keeps using the word fluke. Is he going to yeah. just be a fluke or a flop next season? That's all Rocco But says. how could that be a fluke? You know, how could you not be exposed? And I think when teams were really dissecting his play, the only thing that they found is there's some situations where he was weak five hole. But that was really it. And if he can clean that up, and, and the way that you saw him in game seven, obviously there's yeah. a lot of potential there. I don't see him being a fluke no. by any means. Uh, he shouldn't I think be. The but... only reason people are asking that is because he grinded for so many years in the minors. And they're like, well, why didn't the coaching staff see enough potential in him to bring him up sooner? There must be some weakness there but I think sometimes it just takes players longer to develop than others and right now there's really no weaknesses that you can hold against him just well, the rebounds that's the only thing yeah. I saw too is he gives right. up a lot of rebounds but I mean like, overall he was he, he fixed some of that five hole stuff in game seven though. I mean he stayed like laid flat he was, like yeah. he caught that one in his armpit but I think it's, it has to do with the coaching staff too I mean a lot of times you see a player you, see, you might see a franchise player an MVP come into a team in any sport, and it, they just don't gel in the locker room. They don't work right. with the coaching staff. I mean, you saw that with the Cardinals last year with, you know, Dex and a lot of the other players, Yadier. And, like, and like so now, even though Bennington had spent so much time in the minors, he comes up and, you know, with Chief in there. And, I mean, it just it could be a chemistry thing with those guys in the locker room and just the coaching staff, how they portray their message day in and day out. And, and that's what really can sometimes turn – a, an okay player into a good player or a good player to a great player is a good coach. And that's yep. why motivator in, in term yep. coach Baruby, who still has not needs a lifetime yeah, contract. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he has not got that interim tag taken off him yet. I mean, all throughout <laughs> the playoffs still referred to his interim. I think he's going to get a fat deal. Yeah. So. Right. I saw the St. Louis blues actually from their account tweet out and be like, Oh, is this interim tag going to be around here <laughs> yeah, for long, Doug right. Armstrong? I saw that. He <laughs> I goes, got a good laugh I wonder if that. we get a new coach or not. Is yeah. he going to be here next year? Is he going to be think? the head coach next year? What do you think, <laughs> Yeah. Doug? Well, and, 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 and credit to Doug Armstrong, too. He deserves for a real. lot of credit for this because he has taken so much flack I mean, throughout most of this season, before the season, everybody said, you know, when's Doug Armstrong going to be out? And Tom Stillman trusted him to do his thing. And, and he could have easily, in January, Tarasenko, gone. 
Maroon gone. I mean, he could have gotten rid of everybody, and he didn't. He stayed with them, and and uh, he, I think he put some fingers in some chests there, and basically told the guys that hey, no one is safe. You, any one of you could get traded tomorrow. It doesn't matter if you're a Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, David Perron, or a Pat Maroon, or a fourth line or Oscar Sundquist. You could be out the door, and that really I think sparked a fire in them. And so, really credit to him for taking the flack time and time again and and now that they got the cup got everybody over the hump people are are going to be uh, fans of army for a while right. it, i think it does go to say something when doug armstrong decides no this is our group you know we're going to go grab a michael delzato just in case there's any, any injuries on defense right. but we're going to keep this core group together because like i said from the beginning there's a lot of potential here on paper that i think we can still translate later in the season and i remember listening to that and be like man, I can't believe he's actually saying this. Does he really believe that they're going to oh, yeah. turn this yeah. season around? Well, and we, now well, we saw it. we're just like, what the? Like, we didn't see that happening. I mean, like, it, I was just wanting to make the playoffs and see if we got some magic, which is kind of what happened. But they didn't They didn't add any defensemen. When they started making that run in February yeah. and March, they didn't add anybody no, else. Right. They go, don't mess with it. Keep the chemistry keep where the, it is. And that's the what the they did. Going. And that's the thing. It's like, it's the reason they're the GM. And we're media fans, and right. fans and, yes. and watching on the couch at home. Because if it was me in January, yeah, we would have been trading Tarasenko for a couple picks. Like, it just should get, Every, yeah. everybody would have been out. And they stay the course. And I said, you know, I said this on today's show that it really reminds me of the 2011 Cardinals. And, and the comparisons there that the odds were, you know, the Cardinals were 999 to 1 in mid September and the Blues being 250 to 1, you know, in January whenever they were in last place. And I remember in 2011 in the Cardinals, they you know they were they made some big trades, traded Colby Rasmus, and I was like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. They get Edwin Jackson, Mark Sepchinski, Octavio. Dutta. Who the hell are these guys? Sure as shit, that's the bullpen that goes in and and wins the World right. Series. Yep. So you're just like, huh? You're the GM for the reason. I'm a fan <laughs> slash a media member for a reason. Right. You are much smarter than I am, and I said I'll never question him ever again. And yep. same thing for Doug Armstrong. Didn't make, didn't pull the trigger in January, and then everybody's like, okay, okay, well, are they actually going to do this? And then, holy shit, they do do it, and it's like, okay, well, now you can't really question Doug Armstrong ever again. Right. Your thoughts always welcome. Three one four eight seven seven eight five nine seven. You can also tweet us at Balcony Bruce Pod. Actually, you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube as well. Yeah. Hannah, as you came back, you know, it was a late night for you, for you guys, for the media members. Was it 4 or sure 5 a.m.? Had to come back. Sure was. Waiting at Lambert. Um, well, I mean, what was the uh, the feeling at Lambert when fans started coming in there? And, and you're like, what the hell? I mean, these fans are crazy. It's 4 a.m. They're just waiting for these blues to get back in. And, I mean, there was, there was what, 100 people there? More more than that, maybe? Right. Just, like, crowded around? I know around? when I came back into Lambert, Gloria was blasting through all of the terminals, which was nice. insane to see. Because there is a point where we're all standing on the ice after the game. We're like, wait, did that really just happen? <laughs> are, is, are we gonna, Yeah, well, it felt like a dream. Are we going to believe this the yeah. following morning? And I arrive, and I'm like... All right, this actually happened. <laughs> this team actually is carrying the Stanley Cup right now. But I know I was told that there's a couple hundred fans that lined up at least four hours before the plane arrived back in Boston because they wow. weren't sure when the team was going to depart. Yeah. So after all of the on-ice activity, the team went into the locker room and they did the champagne right. celebration with Tom Stillman and the ownership cool. group. And it was really special. Some of the key alumni that were in town as well. Bobby Plager flew back on the players' plane with them and was 
drinking out of the cup before takeoff. Oh, man. So they wanted to make sure that happened before they even left from Boston. So I know that the fans were absolutely insane when they arrived back, and I know they went straight out afterwards. They went to Enterprise and met all the rest of the alumni who yeah. weren't able to make it Vladdy to Boston. Vladdy was out in front of Enterprise Center and, and literally signed an autograph, took a fan with everybody that wanted to. He just he was there until they were gone and took pictures and signed every autograph, and, and that's what they've been doing. You know, I feel like Pat Maroon has been at OB Clark for like 72 hours. I know, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know he, 7 a.m. Yeah. yesterday. And oh. we're there, and I think they were there until at least 10 p.m. I think Pareko is the last one to leave. They said he left in a, in a police cruiser. In the, he just said he just jumped in the front of the seat of a police cruiser to get him out of there because he was being just mobbed by so many fans, and he was just having a great old time. Oh. And, and, uh, and it just seems like they've been partying for 72 hours. Like, it re- reminds me of last year when, when Oshie and, and, uh, right. and Ovechkin, and Ovechkin yeah. had, had yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And yeah. Ovi was just in the fountain, like, doing, you know, doing swimming. Pat Maroon may take that to another level. Yeah. A Saturday shit. tomorrow is going to be. alumni might outdo Ovechkin. Saturday. Right. That's what's been happening so <laughs> yeah. far, I think, from my perspective. But I think the, the most special part about that is really just seeing the way that they engaged with every single oh, yeah. fan that showed up to OB Clark's, yeah. too. They didn't just stay up on that balcony you saw a lot of video that all of those players went into the crowd they carried the cup through there they went down sprayed champagne all over the fans took pictures did whatever they wanted because they want the fans to feel like they're part of a big family here in st louis and that's what i was hearing across the board even from some boston media they're like you know it's really special oh, what yeah. you guys have going in that town there it's just like a giant family oh, yeah, it it's is just a, it's a big party and i mean saturday is gonna be on saturday is gonna be right. gonna be wild it's gonna be the probably the best moment in st with sports for me at least yeah. i mean, I mean I, it'll you know. it'll definitely rival some the rams parade and, and, the, and the cardinals parades like those were those were fun and those were wild but this is going to be i think on this a another, whole, level. another level hundreds of hundred thousand people i'm guessing that's yeah. what i'm going to guess is uh, downtown i would say i would say i would say i would say 500,000 yeah 500,000 buddy no here. there's gonna oh be my God. that's what they're planning for at least when I, we were yeah. trying to figure out details for this parade we're like yeah. what is going on like all we know is we're shutting all this down i mean it is blocked off interstates like everything is blocked off you cannot get into downtown they're encouraging people to take the metro because yeah. they don't even want people to attempt to drive downtown yeah. like we're estimating 500,000 people God. it's gonna be wild are they gonna have like tents and stuff like how are they gonna do that with like you know people bringing their own beer yeah, like, it'll be, it'll be like Mardi Gras on steroids essentially <clears throat> so I figured yeah it'll be like Mardi Gras like times I don't even know 50. what to expect I don't mean my god like <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself no. I mean it's just like I just want to be down there. Like, even I'm going to be able to see some of the floats, I'm sure. But I'm not trying to get to the front. And, like, we're going to have some fun, though, and just be around all the Blues fans. It's going to be so sick. Roar said I could like, come on the floor with him. Uh, did he? Uh, yeah, I texted him earlier. So, I mean, you, you might. Should, you should dress like him when he comes by. Just you wave your hands a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah wait. Probably just, just take just you in the floor without there, And then, boom. Like, this guy looks like Ryan O'Reilly. Here we go. Right. Yeah. I'll be yeah. like his stunt double. <laughs> So when he like needs to go somewhere, like I'll I'll like pretend like I'm him and hey, everybody over here, and then he can run off and get in the car and get out of there. You're so full of shit. And I'll deal with the crowd. <laughs> I'll can't deal handle with the you. Crowds. If Ryan O'Reilly ever says that you look like him, I'm I'm done. I oh, can't, yeah. I can't shut the show it. down. Shut the show down. <laughs> it's Nick's head. We'll not be able to get through the door. I mean, uh, it's just. I just want a picture with him. I just want a picture. Yeah, that'd be so cool. So we can put it on the wall. We we got the we got the picture <laughs> framed of Patty Maroon. And Bishop, the two STL boys, and then we're getting the uh, the other one framed of uh, Patty Maroon and, and Ryan O'Reilly on that the plane with the epic. cup and yeah, the cons. And we're gonna sick. put that one right that there on the wall. That would be framed forever. We'll make that as big as the wall. Yeah, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, Cam can do us a solid and get 
all those signed for us by the boys, and uh, we can have them on the wall and add, add to the collection here. Should be a great day on uh, on Saturday again, Blue Stanley Cup champions. Hannah, thank you so much for coming thank in. You, we, we enjoy having you, Yay. you know, and you're bringing the analysis and the fun, and uh, can't wait to see you Saturday. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm sure I'll be seeing you down there. Oh, Her yeah. episode is like the third most uh, listened to on the channels. That's why we got to keep bringing her on. Now, don't judge us if you see us in a different state than we are now on yeah. Saturday. You know, <laughs> I mean, hey, there's a judge-free zone. <laughs> On Saturday. Parade, I think. <laughs> Saturday. Saturday and beyond. Thank you, Hannah.